and welcome to episode 7 of See You on the Air, the podcast brought to you by the organisers of learning and wellbeing event Comms Unplugged. Well, we're nearly two-thirds of the way through our first year of podcasting and even more importantly, we're just weeks away from the third Comms Unplugged event in sunny Dorset. It's been quite a journey since CU18 with award wins, taster events, epic Twitter chats, a brand new scholarship scheme and of course our monthly podcast, bringing you a whole load of different well-being and learning tips from around the country. We do love all those different voices so if you'd like to be involved and have something to share, do get in touch. Our details are at the end of the podcast and in our bio. In this edition we are of course a bit excited about CU19. We have Darren with his five top tips for getting the most out of comms unplugged. Don't worry, he won't be straying into camping tips. That really isn't his area of strength. Georgia and I bring you the onslaught of comms unplugged love you've come to expect of us with a chat about what we're trying to achieve with the event programme we've put together. We hear from our lovely yoga instructor, Irina, who's back in the field again this year, and from a new session leader bringing us reflexology and essential oils, and with the appropriate name, Julie Joy. Georgia also brings us the fifth and last of the steps to well-being, and that's give. We often get ideas for the podcast on our WhatsApp chats, and this edition we bring you some reflection on the well-being benefits of having pets in our lives. We have dogs, rabbits, cats, it's all here. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy some of our unplugged musings. So this is Georgia here and um, I'm actually with Irina who is going to be taking our yoga class again at Comms Unplugged this year. So Irina you've been with us since the beginning haven't you? Indeed I have Georgia. And how did you get involved with Comms Unplugged in the first place? Purely because you came to my yoga class and I just come back from India and I was sharing all my ideas not just about physical yoga but about yoga as more of a lifestyle choice and um, you really wanted um, me to pass the message on to your unpluggers. Unpluggers, yes, the unpluggers, <laughs> that's it. The, the well-being aspects and the whole person yeah, aspects. Not just the physical body. We're not really, we, we are interested in that. Obviously, we want our body to work for us for the rest of our lives. But the biggest organ that we're interested in is the mind. Exactly. The mental well-being is a, a big, big thing at Comms Unplugged, as you know. And what do you enjoy most about um, teaching yoga in a field in a marquee? I quite like the fact that people turn up in jeans. <laughs> <laughs> And that um, some people have never tried it, and I think it was really nice. But the first year that I did it, I had uh, I did two back to back, and I had several people that the year when I saw them the year after, they'd all taken up yoga as a regular practice purely on doing an hour with me, and that it was that is an honour. It's an honour to teach yoga to promote it, and I was really really happy that about six or seven people told me that they did that within a year. Yep, I know. I know some of them. I could name them. I won't name them on the podcast, but I know that I know the colleagues you're talking about, right. the unpluggers you're talking about. And uh, so this year you're back in the field. I am indeed. And what are you looking forward to the most? Pretty much the same. Pretty much passing the message on. But probably more for me is letting people know that yoga is not about putting your foot behind your head. Yes. At all. We won't try that. We won't try that in the field, and you mustn't try it at home either, folks. <laughs> and so finally, any any message for anyone who might be coming along to your class this year? Please come, come. Check Chill out, relax, and let your body make every decision and not your ego. Let's leave our minds at the door, along with our phones, our laptops, our tablets, any kind of outside influence. Let's just come with us, and that will be lovely to see you on the mat. 
Brilliant. Thanks, thanks, Irina, and we'll see you in the field. Thanks, Georgia. Hey, so it's Georgia here. Um, not in the best frame of mind, actually, for doing a little chat with somebody because I've just had a wonderful hour of reflexology. So I'm very calm and very, very relaxed. You can probably hear it in my voice. I'm a little bit croaky um, because I've had a brilliant treatment with gorgeous oils as well with the very lovely Julie Joy. Hello, Julie. Hi, Georgia. How are you I'm now? good. I'm good. I'm good. And um, Julie is going to be coming to our field, literally bringing some Julie Joy Joy to our marquees with a beautiful, lovely, lovely session on on pressure points and aromatherapy oils um, and great practice that people can can take away with them from the field. So I'm just going to ask Julie a bit, tell us a bit more about the kind of things that people are going to be experiencing. Well, we get to know the lovely oils and how not just how they smell, but how they react to each other and to individual skins. We learn, learn about how we can mix them and blend them and then apply them to our hands, but also use pressure points, which can help things like anxiety, headaches, migraines, that sort of thing. Fantastic. And I, I, I came today, I come to see Julie regularly, but I came today saying, you know, I'm not sleeping very well and it's too hot and it's too muggy and I feel too hot. And I know from the session I've just had with Julie, I'm going to sleep like a baby tonight. And, <laughs> and um, you know, that's the, kind, that's the kind of thing that you're going to experience in the field and a kind of um, joy and, and um, benefit that you're going to be able to get from a little bit of reflexology practice in the field. So uh, any tips uh, ahead of the event, Julie, you can give anybody? I think the tip is to what we will do on the day is to clear our minds just before, to centre ourselves and calm so we actually absorb and give us time and space and grace because we don't do that in our lives we don't give ourselves time for ourselves and hopefully you can take away skills you can use at your desk at work to make you more productive or at home if you had a bad day or like yourself with sleeping with spirit gate points different points we can use on our hands and our feet that help induce well-being fantastic so if you're in the process of choosing your workshops if you want to know a little bit more about that make sure you get into julie's uh, workshop at comms unplugged and uh, we'll see you there take care bye marvelous bye bye hello so it's georgia turner here uh one third of team unplugged just in case you didn't know um so i'm just bringing you now um Step five of our five steps to well-being. Well, they're not our five steps to well-being. They are the five steps to well-being. They feel like they're ours because um, well-being is so much at the heart of Comms Unplugged um, and really, really part of what we do now. We've already discussed in the last podcast the other preceding four steps. Connect, be active, take notice and keep learning. And the fifth, but certainly not the uh, final or least step, is give. Um... And when we think about giving, we quite often think a bit about an act that we do for others. Um, and that's great. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing to do. It's uh, an admirable thing to do. It makes us feel good. Um, why wouldn't we give? Why wouldn't we give uh, to, to a cause that we're passionate about? Um, why wouldn't we give money to charity to further the things that we really care about in the world, whether that be medical research, whether that be the environment and, and climate emergency or anything else that we might think is important? And when you're in our field, you can give, you can give money um, in the form of buying raffle tickets. We really want you to do that. Um, and if you're not in our field, we want you to do that too, because um, you can find a link 
to our Just Giving page on our um, website on the raffle section under uh, lineup and activities. We've got amazing, amazing prizes, including two family holidays um, up for grabs. Um, and you can buy prizes, um, but I can't buy prizes, tut tut. You can buy tickets regardless of whether you're in the field or not. Um, so please do that. And all our proceeds go to Dorset Wildlife Trust and Dorset Mind. Um, but actually, the, the things I want to talk about giving really are not about money. They're about the things that are much more important than that. Time, advice friendship, love, those kind of things, the things that actually matter, the things that um, sometimes can be harder to give, sometimes come much more naturally, but certainly endure much more, certainly mean uh, much more to the people that you're giving, the giving to, (laughs) the recipients. But I think also the impact is much more longer lasting on ourselves as, as the person giving, the person doing the giving, get much more out of it. Um, than my financial donation, I feel. Um, And on that vein, we think of giving as something that we do to others. I've already said that. But really, what about giving to ourselves? And that's, we always say that about comms unplugged. You're giving yourself the time and the space to think, to, yes, unwind, but also to learn, to develop, to listen, to meet like-minded people, to share experiences, to give your knowledge, to give your um, your time to yourself, but to each other. And actually, you'll find those things in the comms unpugged community. Such a giving, giving community, whether that is actually in the field or whether you just engage with us online, um, you'll still find that community equally welcoming, whether we've met you in person or whether we, whether we haven't all the guys that are involved in it. I don't just mean Sally Darren and myself as organisers. I mean everybody that gets involved with Comms Unplugged, um, the unpluggers. They are constantly, constantly giving to others. But also, guys, we must remember, give to ourselves. Give ourselves the time, the things that we know are important, the time, advice, friendship and love. Take care. Bye-bye. We've been going for three years now with Comms Unplugged and so we'll have a real mixture of people who've had the experience before and people who are brand new to it and we understand that it could potentially be quite daunting for our comms colleagues to rock up into a field and think about actually not tweeting, not being connected to the outside world really much at all. So um, our Darren has come up with five handy tips to help you think through how you're going to deal with that completely unplugged feeling once you arrive in Dorset and join us in the field. Enjoy. Well, it's Saturday morning and I'm having a nice relaxing breakfast, uh, watching the rain tumble down here in uh, in South Brum uh, after a really busy week. Do you remember when August used to be quiet? Um, that's That's not a thing anymore, is it? But anyway, shouldn't moan because all works good. Um, I thought it would be useful to pull together uh, five top tips uh, to prepare and to get the most from Comms Unplugged at 2019. So here goes with my top five. Number one, ditch the phone. 
I mean, that goes without saying, doesn't it? But if you're a first-timer, that might be trickier than you first think. So a couple of practical things for me. Get your inbox sorted uh, and get your out-of-office message on. You don't want that pressure or that feeling of the need to have to check your, your, in, your emails and your inbox. So hand over any important stuff and just make it really clear that you are non-contactable for the duration of the event. Two, clear your head. Now that's easier said than done. It can take a while, can't it, to, to properly switch off. <clears throat> but try and leave any of your current work demands and pressures behind. Lock them in that mythical drawer. They'll just have to wait. So come with a clear head and an open mind to try new things and leave all that work stuff behind. It will still be there when you get back to work on Monday. Ideally, somebody else has picked it up and done it for you, even better. Three, uh, the opportunity to make new pals. Uh, and it comes unplugged for me. It's the least clicky event you'll ever go to. If you're a first timer, we'll all look after you. And within a few hours of being in that field, you'll be the most chilled. You'll have been all work, at, sorry, at work uh, this year. And yes, it is work before anybody pipes up. So make the most of that. This year we've got uh, people coming for the third time, we've got people coming for the second time and we've got plenty of first timers as well. Um, it doesn't matter if you've been before or not, the experience will be the same and uh, if you are a first timer you shall be very well looked after. <clears throat> Number four, camping. Now, this is a bit rich of me to offer tips on camping because my camping files are kind of already the stuff of CU legend. Now, I'm a city kid, uh, so I'm rubbish at anything to do with the outdoors. I can find you a licensed curry house at 3am in the city. I'm good at that kind of stuff, but camping, uh, not the best. So year one, uh, I bought a highly inappropriate tent and ended up sleeping in the car on night two. Last year, I thought I'd cracked it and was chuffed with myself. I hired a camper van, but I forgot my sleeping bag, so I was still absolutely freezing cold. This year, I've bought myself a proper tent and a proper sleeping bag. And yes, I plan to bring both. So, third time lucky? We'll see. Um, if you're like me and not the best at camping, don't worry. There's plenty of experienced campers in, on site and in the field. And if you've forgotten something, just ask and we'll find a replacement for you. So don't be nervous. It's all part of the fun and part of the experience. And number five, highly importantly, food and drink. Dorset has just the best food and drink offer. You know, it's packed with gin distilleries and local food makers, everything from amazing cakes all the way through to some, some brilliant restaurants. And we really support that local independent scene that comes unplugged. So we've got local suppliers coming to provide us with breakfast, with lunch and with hot evening meals. So it might be camping, but don't think about cold beans on that camp stove. It won't be that at all. Um, there's also a fresh coffee, coffee van in the field, which is my only rider for the event. So you get up in the morning, you can have a nice flat white if that's your uh, tipple of choice. So tons of tasty meals provided. Don't worry about that. There might be some booze. Um, yeah, there is. Don't worry, there is some booze. And But bring along anything else that you fancy. So if you've got favourite snacks or favourite drinks or if you've got any special dietary requirements, obviously let us know about that in advance. But also, you know, bring a few bits and pieces yourself as well. And that's it. I'm just checking the diary. Uh, 
as we stand here today it's 26 days to go how exciting is that so by the time you hear this on the podcast we'll be under three weeks away so that's uh, that's something to really look forward to so shout us with any questions and i look forward to seeing you in that field bye we all know all sorts of different things can contribute to improving our well-being and we got into a little chat on one of our whatsapp groups recently about the real impact and positive benefits that our pets bring into our lives so um, we have a few of us now um, just sharing with you a little bit about why those animals make such a difference for us and why we're so happy to have them around Hello, Saran here. Um, We've been talking about the benefits of having pets in our lives um, of different types. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about what difference uh, Snuffles and Mrs Otterton make to me. I'm not a natural pet owner, I have to say, and it was never something that I really wanted to have in my life. I never had them when I was growing up, so I didn't think that pets were really for me. And then um, essentially to avoid getting a dog um me and my husband um gave in to the children and um we got two rabbits um this is a bit of a sad story actually but um uh, the two original rabbits were called snuffles and fluffles um named by the kids obviously um and um we were told that they were two boy rabbits i know this is a really common story but we were told they were two boy rabbits anyway turned out to be a boy rabbit and a girl rabbit who went on to have babies before they were really old enough to have been you know done whatever to avoid the baby situation anyway so babies duly arrived absolute surprise novice rabbit owners didn't have a clue about all the weird behaviors that fluffles was uh, was doing four healthy babies um emerged um uh, sadly tragically seven days later um the mom fluffles uh died of myxomatosis and so we were left with seven day old um completely you know unable to look after themselves baby rabbits um in our house and had to do something with them so we learned very 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 quickly um about kitten milk and um all sorts of other things that we could do to try and sustain these these baby rabbits um uh, the vets told us basically there was almost no chance of um of any of them making it because it's very hard to rear baby rabbits uh, without the mom um and and true to form we lost three of them over over the course of the next couple of weeks um and uh i i was absolutely devastated with each one going in a way that i never thought i would be um anyway mrs otterton who we thought was a boy of course uh, turned out to be a girl so that's why she's called mrs otterton um made it she was the runt of the litter she looked absolutely like the one that was least likely to pull through but something in her she was a total little fighter bless her and um and she made it and so now snuffles her dad and mrs otterton um live beautifully side by side and um and fill our lives every day honestly with a little bit of a giggle or a or a bit of joy um I absolutely never thought that rabbits would be the kind of pet, or any pet really, but but I never thought rabbits would be so interesting. They now live in the house, of course, um, and they ha- they free range out into the garden during the, the spring and summer months. Um, and they just, 
I don't know, bring a little perspective. You know, when you're a little bit stressed or anxious, you just spend a little bit of time watching them and, you know, the way that they beautifully clean themselves. They're such lovely animals. Um, and it just helps you to put things into perspective and realise that actually everything's okay. The rabbits are just getting on with their day and sometimes that's what we need to do too. So, um, yeah, from a, a complete person who thought that they would not enjoy having pets at all, um, I'm, I'm converted. And me and the husband have already said that, that when one of them, um, or both of them, sadly, pass on, then we'll get some more. So, yeah, rabbit converts here. That is the sound of my cat, Marble. I absolutely love having a cat. I think having a cat is the best possible pet you can you can ever have. I love how how sensual they are. They're just so soft and they're just so expressive in their own little way. I love that they're oh, I'm just looking at her and she's headbutting the chair and she's making eye contact with me and she's wrapping herself around things and she's just the cutest little thing. And I always describe her as my favourite waste of time. Whenever I want to feel good, have a little tickle with the cat. Now she's just slowly rubbing her head gently against my hand. She's just the cutest little creature you can imagine. Pushing her head into my hand. And she's so soft. And she's a small little rescue tortoise shell. She wasn't really badly treated. She was just a bit neglected because she lived with about seven other cats before we got her. And uh, my God, you can tell when you got her home to us, she was craving a bit of attention and a bit a bit of fuss. And she hasn't actually stopped since. Um, she's never such an expressive little thing. Um, she meows all the time, chats away, um, purrs a lot, um, likes to walk all over us. Um, literally walk all over us but also we've got she's got us completely wrapped around her little paw um she loves rolling around rolling around on her back being specially cute and letting us stroke her stomach which shows us how much she trusts us um i don't love her so much when she brings in you know mice or birds and quite often though they're rescuable more often than not they're rescuable and uh, so that's what we try and do, the royal we. Obviously, that job usually gets uh, <laughs> delegated uh, to somebody else in the house. Um, yeah, she's just a cute little thing. She makes me very happy. And um, oh, we definitely wouldn't be without her in our house. And she enriches our life so much with her lovely little personality, with her soft, soft fur and her just general ridiculous cute catness. Um, and I'm very happy to have little marble in my life. Hi, Unpluggers. Sally here, as usual, on my morning dog walk. This episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the benefit of uh, having pets, or even just animals in general in our lives. In the field uh, at Comms Unplugged in 2018, we, we brought alpacas to the field, and people flocked to, uh, to, to see them and interact with them, which was fantastic. But obviously many of us in our day-to-day -day lives have, have pets um, or other opportunities to, uh, to be around animals and that, that has a real impact on us. And for me, I've got, uh, I've got a guinea pig, which is my, my daughter's, um, so she interacts with that funny little hairy bean. And uh, then I've also got my 10-year-old um, Sprocker Spaniel Suki, who I adopted 
about three years ago from a friend of mine and uh, she's just such a joy and such a lovely lovely dog and of course when you've uh, been having a rough old day at work and you're anxious or cross or or any other emotion you come back and see that waggy tail and and immediately things disperse and you start to put things back into perspective again one of the biggest impacts for me of having a dog of course is is that motivation to go out for a walk and be out in nature and I think many of us know we should do that want to do that but quite often don't prioritize it for ourselves um, and when you've got a dog of course you have to go because it's really important to for the care of the dog to, to go for, for regular walks so um, it is a real driver to get out there and enjoy the outdoors um, get some exercise you know chat with other dog walkers as you go around there's just so many benefits i think all five steps to well-being are, are ticked off when you're out on your dog walk as i think i've said before um so uh, for me having a dog is is an incredible support for my well-being um and just the, the the joy of having suki in my life and the privilege of being able to look after her and give her a good good life is just it's just fantastic um i'm sure others will say the similar i don't want to sound like a crazy old dog lady but <laughs> it, it is a great thing Hello Unpluggers, so it's Sally and Georgia here. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of day you are listening. Hello everybody. So we have just met up for one of our regular meetups at Costa in Kinson, which is a part of Bournemouth, um, to do a bit more planning because we're really right on the brink of um, kicking off with Comms Unplugged 2019. So we thought we'd have a little chat through what we're trying to do with uh, with the programme we've got. We're not going to go through it blow by blow, but actually we, we sat here and looked at the programme, didn't we, and thought, goodness me, there really is a, a huge variety of different things covered um, across those 48 hours. I mean, absolutely. One of the things I keep sort of joking around, except it really isn't a joke, is I am so glad I don't have to choose. <laughs> it's true. We're about to send out our uh, selection forms for the workshops, and I think it's going to be a tough choice for people. But what, what we're doing here is we've got a combination of some real um, fantastic learning opportunities people who've given their time to um, to pass on their knowledge and experience and skills to people in the field so we, we've got everything from you know pre preparing for an interview or another big event you know how do you kind of gear yourself up to that right through to you know how you work with uh, with the media um, what else have we got we've got uh, photography I mean that can be brilliant for your well-being calmness taking pictures of things that you love and really focusing on them in the outdoors and of course some real practical skills there for our working lives as well yeah exactly so um it's, it's sort of trying to mix all of that stuff together um so that um you realize that looking after your well-being is actually part of your job as well as those skills that you have um you know around being a good comms person or you know learning how to film stuff or photograph stuff actually if you haven't got your well-being you can't do anything really can you absolutely and i think that that is it's always been a real theme for us right from day one and what we try to do with the program the same as what we try and do when we're when we're chatting to people online on Twitter and things like that is really get a blend between professional development and well-being and actually a lot of those professional development sessions they really really morph 
into well-being as well so you're getting that professional development and you're getting some skills that you can really really take away with you so for example we've got a session on crisis communications but actually it's about being personally resilient as well and that's about your well-being and your mental health and how you cope in the really difficult situations that us comms folk are faced with day in day out yeah and professional development it really crosses over with personal development as well doesn't it so so looking at something like um oh the session we're going to have on you know culture change in an organisation and internal comms and communicating you know with with your staff there's there's a big bit there about you know having the confidence to challenge back senior leaders for example you know how do you do that as well as having the skills to communicate culture change so it's it's not it's not just ticking one box it's ticking a whole range of boxes isn't it it's ticking a whole range of boxes in what we think is a really creative a really different way obviously don't forget we are unplugged so you're not tweeting out please don't tweet out if you're coming to the (laughs) event um you know it's really the ability to concentrate and be there in that field in that marquee really taking something from the event and being in the moment and absorbing everything around you the sights the smells the sounds everything around you and all your senses stimulated your mind and your body yeah totally and one of the really really big things that comes out of comms unplugged and is ongoing throughout the whole year whether you're at the event or not is the network that we have created um, with all the people who've just got involved and that's people from um, those who rocked up in the field in the very first year um, those who've come subsequently but also all the people who get involved in conversations with us online uh, take for example our MH in comms Twitter chat that we had in May huge numbers of people got involved with that some of those people aren't ever going to probably come along to the event but actually it's a platform for us to have conversations about well-being and learning and development and what we need to do to support each other because um, I think some of those friendships and relationships that have built both in person but actually online as well through that wider online community which has now topped 2,000 people on Twitter um, that that is an ongoing support for for all of us who've even even slightly got involved with comms unplugged absolutely and I, I just think it really brings to life the word network yes it's a network but there's so many negative connotations sometimes yeah. with that now you know standing in a bar having a drink once every three months and that's all you see of each other that's not networking this is about community and relationships and friendship and support and it's so so genuine we just can't tell you and we hope that anyone who has experienced that or or joined us or started to join in on any Twitter conversations as Sally says whether you come to the field whether you don't it doesn't matter we are there for you regardless that community will be there for you regardless because that's what it's all about yeah and I think that I have to reassure you everybody that is totally real and authentic we all genuinely genuinely care about each other people rally round if, if people are going through difficult things you know certainly on our whatsapp groups for those who've, who've attended the events you know you see some amazing support going on sharing of knowledge of skills of experience for um, you know people who've been in the industry longer supporting people who maybe need a little bit of help um, it, it's an incredible community and we're really keen to just get as many people people involved as that as possible um, at, at whatever level you know whether you come along you might come along to a taster session next year we're, we're hoping to run those again you might come along to the event or you might have chats with us or, on twitter or at, at events where you bump into us all um, all of that is important um, because as comms people you know we we need to be there for each other we, we do and and on on the bumping into us at other events if you do bump into us at other events, Darren, Sally, or myself, particularly if you get the Sally and Georgia double act, do please be prepared for a, for a, 
the a, onslaught. A bombardment <laughs> of um, genuine and excitable comms unplugged loveliness because that is what you will get from us. We we cannot help but evangelise about about this this thing, this community, um, b- because we believe in it and we get personal value from it and we see the value that other people get from it and we just love it. Yes, we absolutely do. And and you know sometimes people say to us, goodness me, why are you doing that on top of everything else? Because of course we've all got you know big old day jobs that that we have to get on with. But it brings such joy and enthusiasm and and, and just every day it gives something new and uh can, and I think, can you tell can you tell <laughs> you might be able to tell that from our <laughs> conversation um and we're just absolutely thrilled that um so many people have bought into it and come on the journey with us so um that's that for us on this little podcast clip um we hope you're going to see a whole load of you in the field in september but if we don't we hope to see you somewhere else hope to see you somewhere else take it easy folks bye, bye. Well, that's it for this edition. We really hope you enjoyed it. Now, please remind us to make sure we record lots of interesting clips in the comms unplugged field because we're aiming for a special episode of See You on the Air in September. If you'd like to get involved and feature on the podcast, and we really would love to hear from you, by the way, you can tweet us on at comms unplugged or email commsunplugged at gmail.com. See you soon. <laughs>